Welcome back to another episode of Pewology. It's the show where the people in the pews get to weigh in, and we've been in a series here called Crackhead Chronicles. <laughs> Talking to uh, my good buddy Kyle and Axel today. This is Kyle's last hurrah for a while. Good to have you with us today, bud. Good to be here. Um, so we're talking through step six and really step seven, right? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go both. Okay. Let's, you were thinking about that. I, well, I was, but then I, you're right. I well. Well, okay. you you want to know why? Please give give me give me. Well, hold on. Can I just read step six and seven? Yes. Okay. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Okay. Can I ask a bunch of questions? Yes. Okay. Number one. Number six doesn't even sound like a step. It sounds like a statement. (laughs) <laughs> We're entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. What's the step? To becoming willing. But why doesn't it say become willing? This says we, we're entirely willing. Like it's happened. We're entirely willing. Or is that like... I didn't write the book, so I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like more like a command. Like we just did the fifth, fourth and fifth step. Okay. Now it's like this is what we need to do next to keep going. To better ourselves. We're entirely ready. Okay. Like we so need by, to... because of the fourth and fifth step, we're entirely ready. You want to read the uh, the the one paragraph? Okay. Read me like, the there's paragraph. like a whole section on yeah, but one, make two, it, and three, and four, and five. Make it one paragraph. Right. This podcast it's literally <laughs> you reading the book. No, okay. it literally is only one paragraph. <laughs> okay, read it, read it. Step six, we have emphasized willingness being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all uh, the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone? If we cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. Okay. Another question. Um, In step seven, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Are shortcomings another word for defects of character? Yeah. So they're the equivalent. Yes. Okay. So, So it just chooses to use a different word there. Okay. I'm just asking. So we're entirely we're entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. Ooh, do they give you do you have like a a list? Do you get do you get like a practice list of what defects of character looks like? So yeah, so with my experience of doing my fifth fifth step with my sponsor, he would write down certain things like jealousy, arrogant, ego. Right. Okay, ego. that's what I was looking for, like categories. Yeah, so he'd write write this stuff down, and then at the end of it, he would hand it over to me and, and tell me to go meditate and think about these things and go meditate and ask God to remove what you want to be removed. So that's the thing because you know there are certain things that I didn't want removed yet. Like, I was like, okay, this is overwhelming. I need it, you know, and he would tell me, like, take your time, pick out the things that you want removed. It kind of sounds funny, but it's <laughs> it's a process we need, you know. They okay. always told me don't quit everything at once, so you don't have to quit smoking because you're, you know, quitting drinking and drugging. Take it take it easy. Oh, wow. So um, I've heard, like, quitting nicotine is, like, the hardest. It is. Like, the hardest hard. thing. How long, take, how long did it take you to quit smoking? Well, I still vape. But how, but, how, but how long were you smoking, like smoking cigarettes before 
you went to like before you got in the program? I was I started when I was like fourteen. Got sober when I was 13, 14. I did. Yeah. I smoked. You did too? Well, I didn't really smoke that long. I smoked like twice. He he smoked a Virginia Slim. I did. (laughs) I did. I did. No. I didn't tell you the story? No. Smoked women's cigars. I did. I got a guy. I got a guy at middle school, right? Eighth grade. And he was like, hey, man, I can get cigarettes. Mm. And I think at the time, I don't remember what the price was. I remember thinking, I remember thinking it was like 12 bucks, he told me, right? Which in the 80s would have been a lot for cigarettes, yeah. right? But but I, but a person who's never bought cigarettes, I was like, oh, that sounds like a good price. So he brought the cigarettes in. I took the cigarettes. And he's like, hey, the really cool way to smoke these is to take the filter off. So we did that, and I ended up throwing up, which left this really bad experience with cigarettes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like just gr- turned me green and just, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I realized much later, looking back, that what he had done was just steal his mom's cigarettes and sell them to me for $12. <laughs> hey, dude, he got one over yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they were like these really long, skinny ones, which I learned later were like women's Virginia yeah, yeah, cigarettes. Yeah. My aunt used to smoke those. That, that's, that's my cigarette story. <laughs> that is funny. Like middle-aged women. Golly. <laughs> God was oh, like, I'm going to knock yeah. this out of you real quick. Yeah, God got it out of me real quick. I, did, I, I was not tempted anymore to smoke cigarettes. There's never no point I where I was a, like, I got to fight this. I wish I had that experience. I did a, a six and seven on cigarettes. Really? Yeah. So like huh. I was in Michigan, right? And this old timer was like, well, this is what I prayed. I said, God, I love I love my cigarettes in the morning after I eat, before I go to bed and all throughout the day. But if you see. <laughs> if you, and all throughout the day. And all throughout the day. So, and if you see it stands in the way of my usefulness to you and others. Then just remove it to me, and I added, I added my own little personal. I was like, may, if it stands in a way of my usefulness to you and my fellows and to my family, make me aware of how it stands in a way. And I would get like visions of me not being able to be there when my kids are older, be able to do things. I'm like, what's heavy? I'm like, I, I mean, it'll, it'll come to me like while I'm smoking. I'm like praying that prayer, you know. Wow. And then it's crazy how he said. It's a six months prayer. You say you pray that for six months, and in six months you won't smoke. And I'm like, all right, I tried it for six months, and literally, I don't know if it was on the mark, but one day I just woke up, and it was like I felt the word of God in my in my mind. It was like you're not going to smoke today, and it's mm. been three years. Wow, wow. That's, real. that's crazy, yeah, right? That's hard. I tried. That's but you were you were smoking you were smoking regular cigarettes before Newports. you went. To- oh yeah, yeah, Newports. Yeah, I, I would I would argue this. Like I'm just asking. I'm arguing this point right now. Like, I, is it is it? Have you moved to vaping because it's the healthier choice? Blah 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 blah. Or is it just like financially? That's just the only yeah. reasonable choice. Financially, <laughs> it was, they made them so expensive. Yeah, like, if you're a smoker, you gotta be like rich. nine dollars a pack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you gotta. I mean, if you're like a if you're like a pack a day, smoking, even like I'm looking back and I'm like, I don't even know how I was able to do it for so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's the number on that? What's a pack a day? That's like I was smoking three thousand dollars a year. Right? I was smoking a pack and a half a day. Yeah, pack I was up there day? too. Yeah. I was up there too. Yeah, sometimes too. Yeah, depending on just, what it you were was just, what, and, what, and what I was doing. Bad boys oh yeah, all day long? especially when yeah. you're high, it's like it boosts it. You know, yeah. so you just oh, if you're chain on, smoke it. If you're getting high, that's not. I'm not even talking about when I was getting high. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Look at this. Think about <laughs> it. If you smoked a pack a day and Newports are nine bucks, yeah. that's thirty two hundred bucks a year. Yeah, dude. Crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. And that's well, just I, a pack a day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I spend fifty bucks a month on my vape, and I love it. 
That wow. give you no smell. I mean, that's crazy yeah. money. If you're still smoking, it's like, dude, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Sign me up. I need that job. That's what they do. They I, mean, just... I can't afford that. <laughs> Don't do nothing else. Can't go out. Can't do nothing. Car, forget about it. Yeah. Taking a bus. Did, yeah, did you find like um, when you gave, was alcohol your thing? That was no, got drugs. You? Drugs, opiates. Because I got other friends too that like, look, I, I, I got a bunch of functional, probably, you know, I don't know if they they would recognize themselves as alcoholics, but they're like you know pretty functional drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm always like, how do you afford that too? Like it's like nine dollars a drink. If you go out to like a bar, oh yeah, like yeah, it's like nine ten dollars a drink. Oh yeah, and you're not taking one. No, as you're an alcoholic. You're no, sitting you're there until they. Cut and even you if off. you're like a functional just drinker, like yeah. you know, like a social drinker, I used drinker. to sneak bottles. It's expensive. In it is. It I'm is. like, dude, you're spending cheese, bro. Just for one day, one night. Yeah. Let alone. Six and if you're, the, if you're going to the bar every day after work or something, it's like, dang. Yeah. Come, son. Yeah. Unless you want to get like messed up before you go. <laughs> yeah, pre-game. Yeah, yeah, pre-game. I know that. <laughs> Tailgating. I was pre-gaming <laughs> before, before I hit the bar, the bar to drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sad state of That's it, man. That's what it is. Well, because I was uh, – alcohol was like a big part of my life. Like I was physically addicted to alcohol at a young age in high school where I had a bottle in my locker. Mm. I'd come to school, I would drink, and then I would – Go home. Oh, wow. Get my fix. And then yeah. move to opiates and, and coke and all that stuff. To what was where, the first time you used an opiate? I think I was like 14 or 15. Wow, that's yeah. young. Well, he, yeah. he grew up in a section where, like, you see people, zombies in the street. Yeah, it was hard, hard area. It was a very common thing. Yeah. That everybody was just on it, you know, whether it was heroin or pain pills. My thing was pain pills. But before that, that's what kind of took me down. But before that, it was How'd you get your first access to pain pills? Um, Just buying them on the street. Really? Yeah. And then I knew someone that had prescriptions. I was buying them for a dollar milligram and selling them, like, triple the the price. So you were buying and selling and you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to feed my habit. Uh I had to do it somehow. Yeah, (laughs) You know? That's young, though. Yeah, 13, you're buying and selling... Well, that that came later. Uh, That came, like, 16, 17 years old, but still... You know, at a young age doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy young. Oh, my gosh. And so then what? when did you first go through the steps for the first time? How long was it from the time you used to the time you went through the steps? So I first went through the steps, I would say, yeah, I was 20 years old uh, with my sponsor in Jacksonville. And um, I just – So you did seven years of either on and off use or pretty hard use. Everything, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Wow. Drinking was like a big part, though. Yeah. Drinking was – and um, because I was mixing that with everything, that was yeah. just an everyday thing. But I was mixing it. But the pain pills is what really got me That's more cool. out of control. Where the the theft came, and, yeah. You know, just acting out and just doing anything to get that drug, and I couldn't function, yeah, physically and mentally either, yeah. Um, but yeah, about seven years of of doing it. I would say about five years of pretty much everyday use. So the first time you get to step six, and it's like entirely ready. To get rid of all of these defects, you start coming up the defect list. He's like, "Look, don't don't be overwhelmed with this. You know, you can't like. I, I, he's he's giving you the impression that it's hey, it's not reasonable to think you can just wipe out all the defects mm-hmm. in one fail swoop, yeah. right? And I, well, let's get back to your thing in a second. That six month prayer thing sounds interesting, <laughs> but like when you first look at that list, what sticks out to you that you that you did feel it was like okay, that's that's something surmountable. I can I can face that defect and deal with it. Probably the biggest one was like it was probably a couple, but ego, 
Okay. Ego was a big because I had a big ego. Okay. And you know, what did ego mean to you? Like, what do you mean by ego? Like, I ran my own life. Uh, you okay. know, God wasn't relevant. Like I mean, I believed in did God. Do you feel like you were better relevant. than others? I did. Yeah, and I'm strung out, and I'm like thinking I look good, and you know, <laughs> and all this stuff. I look in the mirror, and I'm like, He's like I'm a model, bro. Yeah. He's like, look really at me in my that. flesh. <laughs> yeah. I'm it, man. But you were strung out at the Oh, that was bad. Yeah, I had pictures. It's, it's amazing how aligned we can be to our own oh, yeah. problems. Mm-hmm. You, you ever think about that? Like you could... Like you can identify ego in somebody else so oh, and quick, I'll do that. or pride in somebody else. So mm-hmm. you're like, dude, this guy's a real piece of work. But seeing it in yourself is so hard sometimes. It yeah. is, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't see that as a problem. And coming in, he mentioned that, you know, it, it was, he was like, you need to really put yourself like down, tear yourself down to be able to rebuild yourself and get rid of that ego. Right. He's like, dude, you ran your life into this mess. obviously you can't control yourself obviously you shouldn't have an ego when you burned every bridge and you're living in a halfway house technically homeless you know you have no money you barely have a job and you know he was he was really good he was really hard on me and what i needed at that time what he he was doing was like he was connecting his sixth step okay with the first step Mm -hmm. every single step is Mm -hmm. directly connected with that first yeah yeah you know it's like Ego, I'm like, come on, you ran your life into the ground. Mm-hmm. You can't manage your life. Yeah. This is that one. You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. Come on, like, if if you're really your managing, ego is part of the destruction. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. They they call it edging God out. E G O. Yeah. And that's you know. Oh, I like that edging yeah. God out. That's good. Yeah. And I took that and ran with it. Every time I thought about it, do that you, would come up. Do you think when you get to like, we talked about this in step one, but do you think you get? I think. By looking at the steps and and we've you know our participation with the steps and when Alanon looks at the steps is very different. It's not mm-hmm. the same, right? But when I hear you guys talk about it, I feel like maybe step four and five, but definitely step six and seven, you really start to put the pieces together that the problem isn't the drug. The mm-hmm. problem's you. Yeah. Right? And these defects of characters are leading to the cover-up, which is usually the drug, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel like it's six and seven that does that? It removes a lot of the um, the inner issues, right? Okay. So, like, in four and five, you get to see where you're dishonest, where you're selfish, self-seeking, frightened. Those are, like, my, like, right. the list are, is right there where I was, like, where I, I aroused jealousy, suspicion, bitterness. Right. You know? And when... I can see that in um, black and white, right? It's kind of hard to to run away from that, right? Like this, I'm like backed up into a wall, and I'm like, I have to face these things, and I'm like, becoming willing and like praying is like a layers of willingness. I have to pray to be willing to be willing. Mm. You know, I'm like, and honestly, like with, with my case, I'm like, man, my my life was. Not as uh, as good as probably most others. Right. Know? I mean, me, me and him, like, we we have similar stories. Okay. You know, different backgrounds, but it was very similar. Yeah. Right? And then on why we were talking about it directly connecting with um with the seventh step, right, is my creator, I am now willing to have you. You should have all of me, good and bad. 
I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought in in six was I uh, I was having to remove my defects, right? I thought I had to remove these things. I had to be better. I had to do this, you know. Right. But in in seven, it directly tells me that I'm not doing this anymore, right? I'm allowing God to remove the things that stand in, my, in the way of my usefulness. Right. And I don't know what those things are because I am not in, in running the show anymore. Sometimes uh, I can't be completely honest with everybody, you know, in a sense of like whenever you withhold information, okay. it's a form of dishonesty, mm. okay. right? And I can't tell certain people certain things. Because I I want to be honest, maybe um I should hold back so I don't hurt their feelings. I got to be considerate of those people as well. Right. You know, I got to be loving and tolerant. Right. You got to make some wisdom based decisions yes. about honesty. Okay, yeah. I got you. And I, and I um I don't always curse. You know, I just know whenever it's useful, I curse. Whenever it's not <laughs> useful, it just doesn't happen. Right. Just, you know, like do you have the same experience? Yeah, I try to limit that, you know, 100% like cursing and, um, you know, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying with, you know, letting God remove those. I mean, it's in the book, you know, it's black and white. And, you know, for me, that falls back to step three, where after when I'm doing step three, I'm making this commitment to continue this road with God, right. to continue my life, these steps with God, you know, and that's the whole commitment thing. So it just kind of falls underneath that. One of the things that sticks out to me when you guys talk about, and I think this is, so, okay. So I love the idea of step seven ending with, you know, um, Lord, take them from me. And then the book talking about how, in the removal of these shortcomings and these defects, it's really being ready for like some level of like good beyond yourself. Call that service, call Mm. that humanity, call that like, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what word you want to use. What, what word is associated? We're, we live in such a selfish culture. We don't even think that way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we live in such a culture that the idea of, of the motivating factor for you being a better you is that you could be a better you for somebody else. We're like, well, that's a demotivating factor. I want it to be better just for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, why it's like, oh, like whatever stands in the way of my usefulness. Like, so like, earlier today, right. one of my friends, he's going through it and I'm like, he's talking, he's talking and then he's like saying, he's complaining about a whole bunch of things that's going on in his life. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Yo, man, I really don't want to hear this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, and then uh, the the soft and gentle voice, which I believe is God, is like, well, maybe look at it from a different angle and try to give him a different perspective on this, and try to actually be indulged in what's going on in his life, right? You know, because it, even though it is, you don't want to hear this. Like the guy needs your help, you know. And I'm like, so my selfishness and not wanting to hear this guy was like completely removed, mm. right? There, but there's this weird thing that happens in in religious communities, right? And I think these are where the two concepts come together. Tell me your thoughts on this. Like, there's a weird thing that happens in religious communities, and people that are brought up in conservative religious households, especially Christian evangelicals, they would, as soon as I say this, they're going to hear it and they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's true," right? Um. There's this constant pressure 
when you're a person of faith to have like some sort of like uh, righteous or good moral persona for the public consumption, right? So you you're you're basic, and, and here's the here's the way they they present it to you when you you, know, you grow up with a youth pastor or a pastor, you're in these religious settings, and they're basically saying this like it's. I'm simplifying it, but they would. Be, it, it, the message is basically: don't embarrass God. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you're a believer. You're saying you're His follower, but you're out there embarrassing Him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? But it's weird because the way you guys talk about it feels so much more biblical, right? Because the biblical, like when you read Paul and you read the New Testament, you're very taken aback by Paul's sense of like, no, no. Um, this isn't a performance. Like you don't just perform morally publicly, right? You're willing to admit the things that you're that you're striving to do that honor God with your life, and you're very open about the things that you've that that are your shortcomings or the defects that you're still working on, right? And the motivation is, hey, as these defects are taken out, I can be better a better service. But it's not, hey, God's reputation's on the line with my brokenness, right? Yeah. Which, which I think creates a cover up. Like it creates this dynamic of like I got to pretend, mm, right? Because I'm trying to defend God, yeah, right to the world. God doesn't need any defending. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a whole... as if God needs defending. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like as if God's like if it's as if somebody's out there going. Well, I was going to be a Christian, but I heard Mike cuss. So <laughs> I'm out now. Like he ruined like it. Excuse. Like, yeah. Like, oh, you see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like I needed somebody to be able to relate with my brokenness. I'm like, mm-hmm. if if you're coming from a moral hilltop, right? And I'm like, man, I could never live up to that. Right. Like mm-hmm. from where I came from, I'm like. Psh, that was almost Bro, a turn off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Completely. Yeah. Like you're holier than thou. Like yeah. I can't relate with you. Yeah. Why would I tell you my deepest, darkest mm-hmm. secrets if you never yeah. done yeah. stuff like that? You know? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. No, that's, like, it is cool. interesting. We we yeah. laugh about like um uh, last night we we did a celebration for uh, for the four years, right? And then we went out and like the girl I'm talking to right now, she was like it's weird how you guys are laughing about all the crazy th- things that you were going through. And I'm like, we're laughing about it because it's reality for one mm-hmm. until we can connect. You know, like, I know you can tell me some stories and I laugh about it, you know, and yeah. I can tell you certain, certain stories and you laugh about it. And then other people will hear us and they're like, yo, that's sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's either laugh or cry at that yeah, point, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we made it. So it's, but it's like, we got to the other side. Yeah. We're on the other you side, know, right? The other it's side. Like, we don't have to live that way. Yeah. So it's kind of like, wow, it's I like, can't believe we've done that. Like we are ridiculous. <laughs> like what went through our mind, you like, know? Yeah. We all survived the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Freaking you remember awesome. on the boat when we did this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go back to the prayer. When you said I prayed about cigarettes for six months. Yeah. So when, when you look at step seven, and you start asking God to remove the shortcomings. It really is like a, like you've approached it like, okay, I have my things, whether it's ego or jealousy or fear or anger or temper, whatever it is, right? I have my my defect list, mm-hmm. right? And I love I love here's the other thing that I really love about this, because I think this is so biblical, which is it's not I'm gonna do it. 
right? I'm just gonna I'm gonna white knuckle yeah, like my own it. morality and just and just We've put already, on a show for everybody. Look, I'll be uh, I won't be angry. Yeah. Watch me not be angry. You know, it's hey, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna I'm gonna admit to God with every one of those prayers, I'm struggling with this, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna ask Him to remove it to remove it and empower that removal in me. Right, I and that, even indulge in my sickness a little by saying how I enjoy my which my is cigarettes. Honesty, yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna like I don't like tempting. these cigarettes, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, right? It's, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hard unless it was sin wouldn't be hard for anybody to stop unless it was tempting, right? Yeah, unless yeah, it was something absolutely. appealing at some level, yeah. right? And and the thing I think you know what us praying and. As actually like looking at this list and recognizing it is right. after we pray and we notice it, we become subconscious of it. And, you know, you don't just get out of that med- one hour meditation after the fifth step and, you know, all these things are gone. Right. But you're subconsciously aware of it so that you don't go out there and, and perform those acts. Yeah, or so we do don't those things. Doing it. <laughs> so, but when you do do them, you recognize it yeah, and yeah. you're like, okay, do I need to make amends or I won't do that again, make a living amends, yeah. you know, type deal. Like what can I do to be better with, so I don't yeah. react like this. Well, let's hit, We're growing let's understanding hit and effectiveness. Mm-hmm. But let's hit that for a second. Cause like, I can understand how like you could feel, and I'm not saying that you, there isn't some description of this that you might describe it differently. I can understand how you could feel like God removes cigarettes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's been four years. You haven't used one. Maybe you relapse on that. But let's say you don't ever. Right. You could mm-hmm. feel like that's a removal. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking about like ego. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, I think God can through that prayer and through those ego, very predictable responses. I think that he could change us. And that could change, but I think we'll always struggle with that, right? Like whether it's pride or ego or fear, I think we'll be 65 years old, 80 years old, sitting around going, man, I'm still struggling with this ego thing. Yeah. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah. It does. You know, yeah, it's crazy. It's like uh, so many, like when, uh, whenever people would ask me, like at the very beginning when it first happened, right. I'm like, I didn't quit. I God removed it from me. So like, and then at a, from, I kept saying it. And from like a certain standpoint, I felt like, People might have taken that where I feel like I'm better than them. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to say I quit. I know for me that God removed it. Right. You know, but like if it was um, more palpable to everybody else. Yeah. If you- I'm like, I, I wanted everybody to know, like, yo, God did this for me. You know, mm. I'm like this. I did not do because I tried nicotine patches. Mm. I just kept. I mean, I just got sick and like nicotine sick because I would smoke while I'm. Oh, yeah. You know, I did the gum. I didn't like the taste yeah. of them. Um, I tried vaping. I, I didn't like the feel. I like the burning in my lungs. Um, <laughs> like I didn't like the moisture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those who don't like that word, moist. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, but it, I just like. I knew for uh, for me it had to be something outside of me, and I and it was more than just a one, two, three, four because I was already past that. I'm like, how can like these how do these things stand in the way of my usefulness, right? So I'm like, all right, I can't carry this message for X amount of years if I'm like stricken with cancer and I'm like dying, you know, at, at a at a, a what if God wants me to live for uh, for ninety years? You know, and be able to carry his message strong, yeah. you know, strong. Like, I have no clue what God has in store with my life. Right. So then I was like, visions of those things happening in my life, visions of me not being there for my kids, mm. visions of, um, like, I would just get those things. And I'm like, 
I mean, the, it was like as the more along, the more I prayed about those things, the more willing I became to, to have God remove them, and the more it just happened. I like it. What about though, like in Christian theology, the way these two would meet in my mind, like would be what's what what Christian theologians would call glorification. Mm-hmm. So they would say, "Hey." Like from I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'll explain it from a preacher standpoint from a Christian standpoint. And you tell me how this compares to what you guys would do in recovery. So I would say like take pride or ego or fear any of those that are like real raw deep soul based kind of like issues, right? I would say well we're gonna identify it. Uh, we're gonna identify how that chain that that affected the behavior that affected other people. So similar inventory work, right? And then. Um, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God removes that, meaning that we're going to, like, as like as John the Baptist says in the Gospels, I must become less, he must become greater about Christ, right? So we're saying, okay, God, give me perspective. God, help me to not let it all be about me. God, help me to get a better, like, you awareness in my daily life. So, and things are changing. Like, I sense changes. I sense stuff happening. Maybe it happens over a long period of time. But in Christian theology, we would say we keep praying that until we die, Mm. knowing that by his grace, he will ultimately remove it all. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So some of the some of the removal process for Christians happens on the other side. Mm -hmm. We pray with expectation the whole way. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do, what do you think? Does that the, the, does that line up with some of the things you guys do, or not? Or like you don't think that far out? You're just like, can I get through tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a sense, like um, I know it's like striving for per- perfection, knowing we'll never get there. Ah, mm-hmm. perfect. That'd be the same language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just simplified all that. Which yeah. Is, okay. Yeah. You were just doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's yeah. That's I mean, because you've heard that before, right? That, no, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. That, and that's in the big book. No, it's not in the big book. Oh, what is it? Where is it? It's just in the fellowship. Yeah, okay. it's among. So it's, just, it's, it's the thing you yeah. say. It's a thing that somebody said magically and then it just circled around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck. Say it again. Say it again. So we strive for perfection knowing we'll never get there. Okay. Yeah. So I would just add the caveat. We, like Christians would say, we strive for perfection knowing we'll never get there on this side. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. God would God is going to do it on his in his way on the other side. Yeah. Well, we don't say that because we, you never know, like in AA like you yeah. not everybody's right. Christian. Higher power right, right. No, I get it. Like I get that. it. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool yeah. that's same a cool concept. way of looking at it. Same yeah. concept. Yeah. Same uh-huh. concept. Okay. I get to text me that this week. All right. I got to remember that for next week. That's pretty good. That's one line. Text it to me after We're famous for one line. That's it. We got the bumper sticker answer yeah. for life, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. We can come up with a bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, man. But six months, praying something for six months shows a sense of like, I think even if even if you're praying that and there's a little bit of doubt in you if this will ever go away, I think it does show also a little bit of faith that, hey, if it's going to go away, it's in God's hands. And if God removed all the other things... Yeah, why who, can't he do these yeah. other things? Who, you know? who am I yeah. to believe yeah. that he won't be able to do that? Yeah. It, it's like the same thing when it comes to um, sex. Yeah. You know, I'm like... God remove that for you? Huh? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to answer that one. I mean... <laughs> 
What can I say Look, here? It's, <laughs> I'm just oh my god! Please tell me we take that clip and put it on Instagram. That was so great. <laughs> Darn it! Like, Darn it! Zoom in on the it face. Like, uh, yeah. You know I post these on my on my story too. For, exactly on my tattoo story, so like all my clients know who they're getting tattooed by. Oh, that's cool, <laughs> you know? bro! Like it's not just for me. No, I know? love I love that you're like, living yeah, it out there. Living, yeah. living Spread it. Out there. it. Yeah, I, I want I want everybody to be able to come to me and be like, hey. Yeah, you know, at any time I want the hand of a always. You're to like be a there, recovery right? evangelist, bro. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say evangelist. Okay, what would you say? Apostle? No, I would a just big say, book apostle. I, I would just, look, <laughs> I, just uh, I would say I'm. I always make myself available. You know, okay. You He's know? Big try book, to help help He's someone big book available. Uh, yeah, okay. just because I'm so selfish. I know. And self-centered. Yeah. Well, you, you and me both. All of us, man. Yeah. That's a big thing is selfish, self-centeredness. Yeah. You know. But six months, man, that's a long time to be praying something every day. It only happened. like It wasn't like every day. It was just like whenever I'd remember. And just like out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, wait, that prayer. Yeah. You know, and I'll say the prayer. You ever write the prayers? Mm-hmm. Um, No. No. I've done that before. Do you? I've done that, like, with the big big issues. Yeah. I used to, actually, I used to write my whole, like, first year and a half, actually, I would wake up, not just necessarily in the morning, but any time to get mad, I would I would write, and I would pray. I okay. would write a prayer to God about okay. this situation, right. knowing what defects of characters came out with this argument with my mom or wow. with my wife or something like that um, before when we were just dating. You know, and and I still have those. I just found them the other day. Did you? Yeah, on you know, those are wild. Boxing like things that. up. Yeah, I'm like, wow, I was sick, man. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> off the hinges, man. I was <laughs> yeah. crazy. I was a mess. Yeah, just the things I would write about, like littlest things. How much you time know? you had clean now? How much time do yeah. I have clean now? Yeah, it'll be six years on May eighth. And how much time you got clean? Four. So four how years. many? How many times do you think you've done step six and step seven and Oof. four in the six years? Uh, I mean, every other month, you know. Really? It, I don't it, think people get that. I don't think the p- typical listener who has not been in recovery understands that you're cycling through this process again and again. Yeah, like for the whole steps laid out, mm-hmm. I try to go through them once a year. Yeah. Okay. But okay. then I have my daily nightly Grind. inventories, yeah. okay. which comes with the 10-step. But that highlights pride, ego, selfishness, self-centeredness. I, it's on my phone, yeah. or we actually bought a um, – a book that you can write your inventory and you can see where was I selfish or self-centered or where was my ego or what hurt me or, or snap a pic and send me that book one day. So that's, yeah. uh, that's cool. living in 10, 11 and 12, right? So 10, 11 and 12 is four through nine. Okay. You know, on a repeated basis. Mm-hmm. Right? So like when you, when you've asked that question, yeah, I mean, we do it like that. I mean, I don't do it like that, like every single day and every single night. It's just like whenever it becomes aware, like how you say you identify them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't really work on anything or pray about anything if you're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I accept it and then I take action. Right. Yeah. But that's where the step six and seven come in because you become aware of those things. Do so you think you become more aware of things just be- because mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, it's like like a trigger goes off in your mind because of a daily thing or does yep. somebody bring it to your attention? A lot it, of it is people bringing it to my attention. Yeah, because be like that, that would be me too. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like we're so blind that many times I don't even see until somebody's like, "Hey, man, that's a jerk move" or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what happened with me? Like, um, well, my brother he sat me down. He's like, when that girl who went back to Mexico. Okay. Right? See, um, 
I'm like, yo, she's pregnant. I, when I found out, I had to tell somebody. He was the only person. Around. I'm like, yo, she's pregnant. And he was like, bro, you have three kids. Two of them are in Georgia. One you can't even see, and he lives here. He's like, and I'm like, and then he's he told me that he's like, and like, and it doesn't just affect you. It affects me. I'm your brother. He's like, those are my nephews, right? And I, and I can't even see them. <clears throat> yeah. And then like, that's one of them. And then I'm, and then I'm like thinking about all of all of the relationships I ever had that were based off of just sex, right? Right. I'm like, it was almost every single last one of them. Mm. Yeah. And everything I'm, was blurred by sex. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I'm like, it was. This uh, six and seven for me for for this is more of fear. Yeah. It's like, man, I don't want the same result. Results, you know. I'm like, man, I, no, like, it makes sense. Four four years, and I'm like, <laughs> still living in, in in my sickness and indulging in my in, in my defects. Yeah, right. Throughout the years, it just became more and more and more aware, and I'm like, now it's just like, man, I. It was like the the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. What about like for? I know it's been hard for you, but what about for like you got people that you're sponsoring? Part of the inventory work is sexual work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, how does those conversations go? Like when you're talking to somebody and you're like, "Hey, I think you need to like sexual celibacy right now would be good for you. Like mm-hmm. you need to take you need to take a break. You need to like step back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How's that? That's received? how it goes. How's that received? Kind of well, it depends. You know, some people say like, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown man, I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I start off with like my. This is a suggestion mm-hmm. because that's what I've done when I first came in. I because I knew women were a big like big sure. part of my life. Yeah. So when I came in, I said I'm not focusing on women till I feel God opens up that door for me. Okay. And I went through the steps twice in my first year, and I came up on like. 10 months and then i met ashley yeah. just when i open up that door you know a couple of weeks later ashley you know mm-hmm. jumps into my car how was that story again uh which it was uh what is it like a deer oh I man remember. she was just like you know prancing and she jumps in the car and i just look back and it's just i couldn't take my eyes off her yeah. wow god you opened up this door for me you know that's how i felt i remember like, when i heard his story yeah, and he yeah. said that it was so funny she was just the like whole happy, room just went off. you know just walking through the parking she lot came prancing across the street <laughs> oh, my my car. yeah because we were going to a, a detox center oh uh, okay you know but um but yeah with the you know we I know me, I give out suggestions like that mm. and other people do too. Yeah. But, you know, this is my sponsor used to say, you know, I've never seen your way work or wait, how does he say? He says, um, he says something on the line of like, I'd never seen your way work. So, you know, listen to what I have to say. Right. Technically, like your way hasn't worked yet. Yeah. So listen to what I have to say. Yeah. And I can't remember how he would say, but it, was, it stuck with me for years. We wouldn't and be here if your way was working, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, and that sense, it's like you might need to try something new. Yeah. And and that's what something he gave me. You know, he was like, you need to stop with the women. Yeah. You know, because I would take all my focus onto them. And, yeah. And but that first year, I mainly focused on myself and my relationship with God and how yeah. can I get better. Yeah. You know, there's something that we were just talking about with um. You know, the daily thing, you know, I feel I wake up with untreated alcoholism every day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that because I don't drink or drug doesn't mean that I don't have the ism. The ism is everything yeah. else that you work with the steps. So I need to continue to, you know, ask God, remove this stuff and mm. remember that I need to restart everything over the next day. Right. You know, that's why you call it a daily reprieve or, you know, one day at a time. Yeah. 
so we don't get so overwhelmed, but it allows me to just focus on this next 24 hours and what can I do to be better than what I was yesterday, right. you know, and, and that's that, you know, nightly inventory that I yeah. do that I can see, okay, tomorrow I'll try not to do that. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that falls big part underneath the six and seven of, you know, yeah. shortcomings and, you know, character yeah. defects. When they crop up, we ask God to remove them at once, yep. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the past, you know, I asked this when one of the other guys was in, when Albert was in. Um, I asked about, like, is it complicated dating somebody else who deals with uh, addiction patterns and, and has dealt is in, in recovery? You know, does that create problems? And we were talking through um, that, you know, some groups it's kind of frowned upon. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of depends. Usually it's more of like a personal decision. You know, mm-hmm. was that some of the things you guys ran up against when you when you started dating? Um, <laughs> I mean, when we started dating, you know, and we're both in recovery, you know, she would tell me, he said, like, you know, you need to go and do an inventory. Right. You know, <laughs> like you that. need to go to a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be vice versa, you know. So, but I think it's great because it's yeah. someone that understands me and yeah. I understand her. And it goes to the point where, you know, we can help each other out, right. you know. And she wasn't we're giving there him a place to, to harbor that resentment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, that I was mean, great. Calls you on your BS, you yeah. know. And, and all you want, like go it. to a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to me, I, you know, not anyone that dates a normal person that's in a program, I would kind of find it difficult because they couldn't. Truly, I feel like they couldn't truly understand where I'm coming from and what I have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm. You know, it's where, you know, my wife, we both understand each other so we can help each other out or point each other in the right direction. We always say, you know, one's sick and one's healthy. Yeah. We're never sick on the same day. Oh, really? What that means, like, you know, she could be mentally or whatever, or me, you know, going through it and we can help each other, you know, or correspond or whatever the case is. But we have each other to bounce off of, you know, and I feel like that's, you what know. What happens when, if you, when you're both sick on the same day? Oh, we got to separate, you know. Yeah. But that's rare. That's rare and <laughs> far apart, you know. Yeah, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. Like, right? What happens when you I mean, it happens. You know, we, we have our, our moments where we, you know, get into it where we're just like any couple or anything like that. But, you know, we argue well. I yeah. guess, like because of this program, what we learn, we don't come in and attack do each other on their weaknesses right. or bring up the past or we try to focus. If we start raising our voices, we'll go to the other room. We'll do some work. Mm. You know, she'll go to her prayer closet and she'll, um, you know, do some writing and, and I will too. Sometimes I'm not perfect at it. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll just sit in it because I like sitting in my own yeah. stuff, you know. But, like stewing in it. Yeah. You know. That's, and we're justified. That's how her. sick I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not wrong. I'm not, you know, and that's I'm not going to do no inventory, though, you know? so what, I have to make a man see you later? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, it's hard to humble yourself to someone, you know, sometimes. It it's so be much hard. easier, right, when, like, you're in that situation with a relationship with a spouse or a girlfriend, and you know, like, it's descended into an argument. Then it's descended into everybody take their corner. <laughs> it's so much easier to go and sit and not just stew in it, but think of, like, how you're going to litigate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, What's well, my next uh, thing? My next move is to say this <laughs> and to say that. Instead of just be like, yeah, exactly. I've been there. <laughs> More often than not, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. But yeah. It's just able to catch that and work on that. Yeah. Work on that in the future so we can argue better in the future, I guess, as you can say, you know. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it has this, you know, I feel it. It has more good than bad, but yeah. some other people might feel different. That's all a personal, 
you know, um, I guess personal thought process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have you been, have you ever, you have something on your defect list or your shortcoming list that you're like, I think I'm going to be praying that till the grave. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 How about you? You got something on there that you're like, man, that I just don't know when that's going to, when God's going to just take that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want me to say it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just um getting into it mm. honestly like i think the the last thing i mean it, obviously it's not it's just more of like um the main thing now yeah the main thing now okay. it's like what's just on my my mind it's just like porn yeah you know yeah i'm just like i'm in that sense of like um me not having sex Sometimes I feel like I'd much rather just watch porn. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and I think about the conversations that we have on here and I'm like, man, I'm like, and I like what you're saying about it is the most selfish act. right? Yeah. And I'm like, that just, I'm like, man, I'm like, so I can't even do that now. And I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm just like, and then uh, the book actually talks about if sex is very troublesome for me and not, which in my case, we throw ourselves harder into helping right. others. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I've been doing. I just throw myself harder into it it takes it actually does that. It takes me outside of myself, the imperious urge that right. it talks about. Yeah. And then um what is the I, I mean, it's the I don't like to like paraphrase. It's I wanted to say exactly what it says. Say it. And it says, um, to sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. If sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves hard, the harder into helping others. We think of their needs and work for them. It takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. Mm. And like, um, with pretty the, strong. And like, at the very beginning, like, um, I'd come back from being on the road and uh, I would be talking to my sponsor and I'd be like, man, I was dating like four girls at the same time in this state and I had like six girls at this state, you know? And then he's like, and you think that's okay? (laughs) That's all he would say. And I'm like, I'm I'm over here trying to brag to him, right? And he's like, just shot me in the foot. I'm like, oh, I shot myself in the foot by doing that, right? And I'm like, He's like, I'll look at that, and he'd just like walk away. <laughs> Might want to take another sick. look. At yeah, that. yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, so then, and, well. and then I'm like, so then I'm like, all right, so then go from that to just like, I'm just gonna date one girl at a time, you know, and yeah. then you know, sabotage it right before I gotta leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was big on that. Yeah, start ah! an argument. Yep. He's, I'm just gonna sabotage this right at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, did you try to get it right before a birthday where you didn't have to buy a gift? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I wouldn't think that far ahead. Oh, okay. We got I was thinking about with, with one of the, we, we can only think with one head at a time. You know? Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but um, it went from that to just like, you know what? I'm going to strive to be in a long-term relationship, right? Mm. And then like. Is that the ideal for you now? Yeah. And I'm like. Well, if that be the case, right, then I can't base this relationship on that. Okay. You know, because every single time I've tried to base my relationship on that, it has always, it has failed to this day. Mm. Yeah. You know? So I'm just like, man. You got to change the game. 
Yeah, man, it just, just it, it just can't happen. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. And I'm not perfect at it. And like, and with with the pornography thing, I'm like, it's been very, very. It has like the. It's like imagine like the um the faucet is open. Right. You know, it had went from the faucet's flushing to like where it's just dripping now. Okay. So you see, you see, you see, change taking place. You're thinking about it. You're becoming more conscious of it. You're praying about it, but that's just that, that's one. It feels strong. It feels like it's overwhelming to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that's most. I think that's most guys, right? Yeah, especially at our age. It's oh just yeah. Like, you just got everything. Yeah. Up yeah. I, well, I just think that like I don't know how to explain it. I just think that like we're just we're geared right <laughs> to. I don't want to be gross about it, but we're just geared to, you know, to go sometimes. Yeah, and then, yeah. and we, that feels like, what, how do we invite this? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, yeah. That urge. Yeah. That urgency, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's like, I got to go now, you know, whatever. And yeah, man, that takes a lot of meditating. You know, that takes a lot of, you know, Ashley and I, I don't know how she feel about this, but we were celibate. Right. For like, almost a year and a half right and our the beginning of our relationship because we wanted Celibate to or abstinent like weren't having sex what's the, that, what's how do you define the difference between these uh, absence i thought we talked about this no celibacy is whenever you're not doing anything right uh, uh no no masturbation nothing okay and abstinence, abstinence is just, just not no having sex. sex okay yeah gotcha well <laughs> i don't want to go that <laughs> i don't want like, to wait a minute hold on man, hold on dude so i, I need some level of privacy <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. But we went to the point where we weren't you know having sex yeah. or anything like that and we were focusing on our relationship right. with each other but our relationship with god right you know and that I feel like that built our relationship stronger. Yeah. You know, because we were able to connect on a whole different level instead of sexual, which right. is a common thing for yeah. adults and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's a big thing. And um, but we were able to see each other. You know, yeah. she wanted to make sure I wasn't into her just for that. Yeah. You know, and, and I had my doubts and certain yeah. things too. Like, why do you, you know, like me? So we yeah, and it just built our relationship stronger. Yeah. And you know, we're not like afraid to talk about it because you know, I feel like we benefited from that and it made us stronger and closer to God, you know. Do you see do you see like because these are two married guys here, but do you as a single guy, do you see like do you even see I, I know it's probably not in your mind probable, but do you see the possibility that you would meet somebody and that you would include abstinence as part of the relational discovery period maybe to the to the point of marriage or the point of engagement something like that could you see that even as possible yeah i mean i i was thinking that you know yeah. and then um i think a lot of guys just we we we, we tell ourselves a lot that that's not even possible in this mm-hmm. age and i'm like well i mean i yeah. i prayed on like what you were talking about uh, what you told me about um with what happened with you yeah right and i'm like I'm like, I want the same feeling, you know? I'm like, I want to try that. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I've never done that. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, maybe I got to try that or try something different. You know, I'm like wanting to be in a relationship married, you know, like, I mean, that's, in my eyes, any sane person would want to do that, you know, with the person of your, your 
you know, your dreams or if, even if it's not even of your dreams, this is the person who is most compatible with you. Right. Right. And I'm like, man, if I, if I can, if I can have that, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Right. But that's not even, uh, the, the biggest thing that goes on in my mind today, because I, I, I believe that my relationship with God has to be stronger than any, any other relationship I have. Bingo. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, and and if any relationship can take me outside of what I have to do for God first, yeah, then that relationship can't happen. It can't stand in the way of what I got to do for God. Okay. You know, because man, if I mean, I, I'm, I'm a crackhead, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, not also saying I'm a crackhead. <laughs> so look, I'm a, look, I'm straight up. Like, I, I don't want to go back and have to remake amends to my family. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to re- remake amends to my friends and, like, the, all all the people I've heard along this journey. So, in order for me to not do that, I had to do certain things, right? It has to happen. Yeah. And without that, then the relationship can't happen. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was talking about with, like, my first year. Just working on myself, focusing on what I need to do to...